Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Turning to Him. I am here with Jenny Panamino. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. This is the first break you've had in a long time. So again, thanks for thanks for sharing your time with us. Of course. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm a third grade teacher. I work in Salt Lake City in at a school called Ensign Elementary, and I'm also the mom of three daughters. Um, my oldest daughter got married in December, so I have a son-in-law. Congratulations. Um, thanks. Yeah, that's really fun. And then my second daughter just graduated from high school, and my youngest just finished her freshman year. Um, I'm married, and um, aside from those things, I love to read. Um, I like to go hiking and walking, and I love the gospel. So Great. That's great. Um, Okay, and what experience did you want to share today? A quick summary there. Sure. Um, I just wanted to share how following the prophet has blessed my life. Okay. And some of the things I've learned from that. Certainly something that we could all get better at. Um, all right, so start us out with some, some background. Okay. Um, well, before I even start with the experience, I was really touched by Elder Haney's um, talk in the most recent conference. And he talked about why it's important to have a living prophet for the days that we live in. And I loved what he said. He said that knowing by revelation that there's a living prophet on the earth changes everything. It causes one to be uninterested in the debate about when a prophet is speaking as a prophet or whether one is ever justified in selective rejection of prophetic counsel. And, and then he said that such revealed knowledge invites one to trust the counsel of a living prophet, even if we do not fully understand it. And then he explains that our Heavenly Father loves us and that because he loves us, he has sent prophets to teach us and to guide us in these difficult days that we live in. Um, and so when President Nelson was called as a prophet, I did receive a witness from the Holy Ghost that he is a prophet of God. Um, and I mean, I've tried to follow the prophet throughout my life, but I, I've made an especially concerted effort since President Nelson was called to follow his counsel. And he maybe more so than even past prophets, always extends invitations of things for us to study or for things for us to work on. So I've really tried to incorporate those things into my life and, and found great blessings from doing that. Yeah. What made you um, make a more conceited effort when President Nelson was called? Um, well, I think partly because I really did. I mean, partly I think because I was a little older and a little wiser um, than maybe in my younger years. And, but also I think that I really did have a strong witness from the spirit when he was sustained as a prophet. And when we were part of that solemn assembly, that he was a prophet of God and that there would be blessings from, from following his counsel. And, and then counsel was given that um, was helpful to me. And I've seen the blessings from following his counsel. And so um that motivates me to want to continue to follow his counsel, even when it is maybe difficult or when it goes against what the world is teaching. Sure. 
I I love that. Sometimes sometimes there's some advantage to getting older and, and a little wiser too. Um, yeah, for sure. Primary song has some truth to it. Um, okay, so tell us about the experience that you wanted to share. Okay, well, um, it's really kind of a series of experiences, but in October of 2018, President Nelson uh, gave a talk, and it was called "Becoming Exemplary Latter Day Saints." And near the end of the talk, he said, "My brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, the assaults of the adversary are increasing exponentially in intensity and in variety. Our need to be in the temple on a regular basis has never been greater." I plead with you to take a prayerful look at how you spend your time. Invest time in your future and in that of your family. If you have reasonable access to a temple, I urge you to find a way to make an appointment regularly with the Lord to be in his holy house. Then keep that appointment with exactness and joy. I promise you that the Lord will bring the miracles he knows you need as you make sacrifices to serve and worship in his temples. And I mean, he didn't specifically say how often we should be attending the temple or anything like that. Um, at the time, I live in Salt Lake, and so we have temples nearby, and it's not really very difficult to make it to the temple. Um, and at the time, I was attending the temple about once a month. Um, my husband is a member of the church, but hasn't been super active in the church for quite a few years and and does not attend the temple with me anymore. Um, and so... Um, and I have a family and I have a full-time job. And so it is somewhat of a sacrifice sometimes to go to the temple. And so as I was listening to those words, I mean, he said to make an appointment and keep it with exactness, but I felt the spirit testified to me that I needed to increase the amount of time I was spending in the temple. Um, I think for some people going once a month is absolutely acceptable. And what the Lord would want, maybe, maybe in some circumstances, it might only be going once a year. So, but for me, the spirit said that I needed to increase my attendance to weekly. And when I heard that, I thought that's impossible. Like I have all of these other commitments. I have a calling and I have a job and I have a family and I have to leave my family to go to the temple. And sometimes it was a little uncomfortable to go to the temple by myself. And so there were just all these reasons why that seemed impossible, but the spirit worked on me over the next couple of weeks. And I decided that I was going to listen. And so I began attending the temple and for the next two years until COVID hit, I went, I mean, I missed a couple of weeks, but I went basically every week from that point on. And, um, and, and then received so many blessings because of that. Um, number one, it no longer is at all uncomfortable to me to go to the temple by myself. I mean, I love to go with other people, but I have zero issues at all of going by myself. It feels very comfortable. Um, I found that it was a place of refuge and a place of peace for me and that I received a lot of revelation when I go to the temple and guidance for my family. It helped me to be a better mom and a better wife. and. Um, gave me revelation for my callings, for how to serve. And um, it really just blessed my life. And I came to know the Savior better and myself better. And it just um, brought a lot of strength to my life. Yeah, I, I love hearing that. And I smiled because for me, whatever for whatever reason, I almost prefer going to the temple by myself. Just because then, you know, you're not worried... I think, I think Ward Temple Night's fantastic. Right. But sometimes it's hard to 
just sit and ponder and receive inspiration, like you were saying, when you're with friends, because sometimes you want to chat up your friends. Right. So it's just kind of nice sometimes to just go and quietly ponder. You're on 100% your own schedule, and you can just kind of find a corner, tuck yourself away, and just leave whenever the conversation with Heavenly Father is done. Yeah, I think there's always, I mean, I think there's beautiful things about both, you know, walking into the celestial room and seeing it filled with people that you know and love. Like my own daughter was endowed last summer, um, my oldest daughter in preparation for getting married. And and there's something special about walking into the celestial room and seeing it filled with people that you know and love. And it really does have this feeling of like, this is what heaven will be like. Um, But I agree that there's a lot of times that just having that opportunity to, to, ponder and to pray and to receive inspiration and and to be on your own schedule can also be really wonderful as well. Yeah. And, and something else that you said just almost in passing is that when that talk was given in general conference, I love how there has never once been laid out. Listen, if you live within a 10 mile radius of the temple, then you need to go once a week at 25 miles. You can go twice a month at 50 miles. That's, that's a once a monther you know, it's completely up to you. And and like you said, for some people, as they kneel down and pray and figure it out, the Lord will whisper, the spirit will whisper to you how often you should be going to the temple. Mm-hmm. What level of sacrifice is accept is, is every level of sacrifice is acceptable, but what's right, right for you? Right. Well, and, and I think different periods of life might also, I mean, not just distance, but if you have young children, it, it's more difficult, I think. Um, or, you know, just, there might be different circumstances in your life that might say at this period of time, this is what you need to be doing. And at this other period of time, maybe you need to decrease or increase based on circumstances in your life. So, yeah, Yeah. that's fantastic. Okay. So you said it was a, a series of events. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, so that first experience actually really led into the second experience. So a year later, I'm, you know, there was obviously talks in between and I, I'm sure I acted on them somewhat, but the next one that was really impactful is a year later, President Nelson gave a talk called Spiritual Treasures, and it was primarily given to the women of the church. And in that talk, he talked about our role as women um, in the priesthood, what our role is. And I mean, obviously, we know that there's been a lot of discussion in the world and on social media about women not holding the priesthood. And he was encouraging us to understand that as members of the church, especially as endowed members of the church, that we do have access to priesthood power. Um, In fact, he said, um, he said that every woman and every man who makes covenants with God and keeps those covenants and who participates worthily worthily in priesthood ordinances has direct access to the power of God. Those who are endowed in the house of the Lord receive a gift of God's priesthood power by virtue of their covenant, along with the gift of knowledge to know how to draw upon that power. The heavens are just as open to women who are endowed with God's power flowing from their priesthood covenants as they are to men who bear the priesthood. I pray that truth will register upon each of your hearts because I believe it will change your life. Sisters, you have the right to draw liberally upon the Savior's power to help your family and others you love. And then he went on to say that we weren't going to find a manual that spelled out for us exactly what our priesthood power was, but that there were places that we could look. 
Um, he encouraged us to read Doctrine and Covenants 25 and 84 and 107. And he also gave us some information and um, training. Like he explained that every time we participate in a temple ordinance, that that is drawing upon priesthood power. And that when we are sustained and set apart in a calling, that we use priesthood authority and, and power in that calling. And he also said that if you're living in a home where your husband does not hold the priesthood or is not exercising the priesthood, that it's not correct to say that you have you don't have priesthood power in your home. That if the woman is endowed, then by virtue of her covenants that she's made in the temple, that there is priesthood power in that home. Um, and because my husband hasn't been very active for a lot of years, um, that was really comforting to me and also something I wanted to understand better. And yeah. so um, I continued to go to the temple weekly. I had been doing that for about a year at that point. And so I've continued to go to the temple weekly and I read the sections in the Doctrine and Covenants that he encouraged us to read. And I read several books. And every time I went to the temple, I would pray to know what Heavenly Father wanted me to know and understand about my access to priesthood power and how to better receive revelation and how to better access that power for myself and for my family. And um, it was a six month period and I'm still continuing to learn, but especially for that next six months, just a, a powerful experience that every time I went to the temple, um, I learned a little bit more about what it meant to be able to wear the garments of the Holy Priesthood or what it meant to make covenants with Heavenly Father and how that did endow me with power and how that could bless my family. Um, and so it just was, was and has continued to be a really powerful and beautiful experience. Um, one day after attending the temple, I felt prompted to sit down and write out all the ways that the priesthood had blessed my life. And before I did that, I was expecting there to be, you know, 10 or 15 things on my list. And I can't remember the exact number, but it was over 70 things that I was <laughs> able to list of ways that the priesthood okay. blessed my life. Now, was that the talk when uh, he said, what other power would there be or something? Yeah. Like that? Is that, yeah. that yeah. such a great line? And I love that we are getting better at understanding that having priesthood power is not synonymous with being ordained to priesthood offices right right there's, there's well, right and there's really two types of priesthood mm -hmm. you know there's the hierarchical priesthood which is what we typically think of so that's um all of the being ordained to the pre to the priesthood and holding callings of bishop and stake president and all of and you know both Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthood and that is how the church is organized and run. And it's beautiful and it blesses our lives in so many ways. But then there's also patriarchal priesthood or familial priesthood, which is what happens in the temple and what happens within families. And yeah. so coming to understand that better, and not that I think I understand everything, I definitely don't, but understanding that better and recognizing my role has just been just really beautiful and empowering for me. Um, and I think and help hope has also helped me to be able to teach others and explain the priesthood better to others than I did before. Yeah. Well, and there are so many examples of 
uh, women exercising priesthood power in in both branches of the priesthood, of right. course. And a lot of times we just, I think we just write it off as, oh, it's a mother's intuition. Well, yeah, I would call that <laughs> inspiration and priesthood power. But then also all you have to do is sit back and watch the inspiration that takes place with the Relief Society president and her counselors as they're, mm-hmm. as they're figuring out how to di- how serve sisters, with the young women's president and her counselors as they're praying over each one of those young women and what they need in their lives. Again, what other power would there be? Right. And sister missionaries as they go out and teach the gospel and and countless other examples. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, so so this is great. So I find it interesting, too, that um, your kind of the, the great experience that you had about studying and learning more about priesthood power was stacked on top of the inspire or the uh the the blessing that you received by following an earlier council of the prophet by attending the temple more absolutely yeah i mean i think they really um dovetailed with each other i mean going to the temple i think that's one of the best ways we can come to understand our priesthood power and the power of god because priesthood power is the power of god or the power of jesus christ it's power that he gives us to act in his name and to bless lives um, but I, I think where else can we learn about that better than in the temple? So spending that time in the temple um, and establishing that habit definitely put me in a place where I was better able to to learn uh, and grow um, because we, the temple teaches us so much about and gives us opportunities to act in that power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's another experience? Um, so, I mean, those were the two biggest ones. And then after that, I started to, I decided that, um, following the council of the prophet was important. So I actually, every time right after conference kind of set up a a study plan for the next six, six months of like, I look at his talks in particular and what invitations and, um, what he's asked us to do and create a study plan for myself for the next six months. And I'm not perfect. There's, you know, I put things on my plan that don't actually get fully studied as much as I want, but it gives me a really good guideline for the next six months. Um, the, the, there, so there's been lots of things. The other one that I especially loved and that was especially meaningful to me was his talk, Let God Prevail. Um, and the whole talk is just amazing. I love what he teaches us about the meaning of Israel and what it means to let God prevail in our lives. And I mean, there's just so much in the talk, but I especially loved right at the very end of the talk, he gave us um, this invitation. He said, as you study your scriptures during the next six months, I encourage you to make a list of all that the Lord has promised he will do for covenant Israel. I think you will be astounded. Ponder these promises, talk about them with your family and friends, then live and watch for these promises to be fulfilled in your own life. And so I began to do that as I was studying my scriptures. um, I began to make notes of the promises that I was seeing. And he was absolutely right. Like I very quickly did become astounded by how many promises Heavenly Father has made to his children. I mean, especially to those who are making covenants with him. Um, I mean, literally in the hundreds. And I know I haven't found them all, but my list has over 200 promises on it. And a lot of them are similar. Like he'll say things like, 
I'll go before your face. I'll be on your right hand and on your left. And then in a different verse, he'll say something similar about going before us and behind us. Yes. So a lot of them are very similar promises. And you could probably summarize them into maybe 15 or 20 overall big promises. But but in almost every chapter of scripture, he gives promises to those who are keeping their covenants. And so I really was astounded, like President Nelson said. And then he said to look for those promises and how they're being fulfilled in your life. And what I began to see is not only was I able to see ways that they were being fulfilled in my life, like during that period of time and since, but also I felt, I feel like it has given me eyes to see, um, you know, the scriptures talk a lot about having eyes to see. Um, and as I would read promises in the scriptures, I suddenly would have memories of things that had happened to me in the past and suddenly be able to see clearly, um, that the Lord was fulfilling promises in the past that I hadn't recognized at the time. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the time I do had recognized, but suddenly I would remember experiences in the past and go, oh, that was an example of the Lord keeping his promise to grant me peace. Or that was an example of the Lord sending an angel, or that was an example of the Lord um, blessing me with prosperity or, and in ways that I hadn't previously noticed. Isn't that amazing how, as we invite more light into our life, it not only illuminates the path ahead, but it illuminates the path behind. And we, we see exactly what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, Heavenly Father has been with me this whole time. And that unfortunately the opposite is true. As we, as we, get rid of light in our life. And as we choose to not believe or to be overly cynical or things like that, it dims not only the path ahead, but the path behind also. Mm -hmm. You start realizing, I don't, I don't know that I ever believed that, or I don't, or I don't remember ever having any spiritual experiences or things like that. Or, I mean, some, in some cases, even I remember thinking that that was yeah a spiritual experience, or I remember believing that a long time ago, but I was obviously confused. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's always been an interesting principle to me. So this has just been fantastic. Tell me how following the counsel of the prophet and putting more energy into that has changed your relationship with your savior. That is a great question. Um, I've heard other people say this, but I think um, that, you know, I, I have always been a member of the church and I've studied my scriptures pretty consistently since I was in high school. Thank goodness for seminary, because that started me on that um, path of scripture study. Um, and so I feel like I've always known a lot about the Savior and I've always loved the Savior, but um, seeing the way that he's worked in my life has strengthened my relationship with him. Like, um, you know, we've read several parables lately about the second coming and, and like the parable of the 10 virgins and stuff. And, and in several of the parables, um, like in the Joseph Smith translation, and I think it's the 10 virgins, but it might've been one of the others in the same chapter where the, the savior says, you never knew me, but Joseph Smith translation changes it. And, or so he says, I never knew you, but the Joseph Smith translation says, you never knew me. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, um, while I did know him somewhat before these experiences, definitely I, I know him better now than I did 
four or five years ago. Um, and I, and I trust him more and I see his hand in my life more regularly, more consistently. Wow. It seems like if, if those were the only benefits of heeding the counsel of the prophets, it would be worth it. Absolutely. But, but those are just that, those are just the foundations. I mean, it only gets better from that. Right. It, it can only get better. That's great. That is so fantastic. Um, Jenny, is there anything you'd like to share in closing as we kind of wrap this up? Um, I mean, I feel like I've, I've shared my testimony already, but I really do have a testimony that Heavenly Father loves us, that we are his children and that he loves us and that he has given us prophets and apostles. Um, he understands the time in which we live and he knows that a lot of the things that we will hear and that we will see and that we will read are are not correct doctrine and so he has given us prophets and apostles to guide us and to help us i love um well i love sherry do to begin with she's just always spoken in a way that that touches my heart and my soul but um she gave a byu speech a while back called prophet see around corners and she gave some examples of how the prophet can see things that we don't um, have the ability to see, like he, they can see what's coming and prepare us for that. I mean, I think, you know, when I, I'll be honest, th this is probably silly, but the, the prophetic council that was the hardest for me, um, was the change to two hour church. Most people I think celebrated, but I, I was in, serving in Englemans at the time. And I just thought now I'm only going to get to have them on every other Sunday. And I felt like the, with the way the world is, I want more church, not less church. And like, there were just lots of things that for me, that was really, but most of the time when I tell people, they're like, you're so strange, but that really was kind of an internal struggle. Cause I could just see that it could be very beneficial for some people, but that it could also have some, some possible negative consequences for some. And, um, and so I, I wrestled with that and struggled with that. Um, but then COVID happened and, and I thought, you know, I, I could see, even though I was so grateful when church reopened and we could go back to church, I could see the wisdom in, in our prophet preparing us to, um, keep the Sabbath day holy and to use come follow me and to make our, the gospel home centered and church supported. Um, all of those things helped prepare us for a pandemic that we didn't know was coming but that the heavenly father knew was coming. And I yeah. think there's, you know, so many examples and we'll probably in the next five, 10, 20 years, see even more examples of how our prophet can see around corners and can bless our lives because he can. Yeah. And I think all of us will go through that personally to where it's very easy to follow the prophet and, and the leaders of the church when they are saying things that we agree with. You know, when they say, oh, we should all love one another. Oh, yes, of course. It's fantastic. And we need to be more kind. Oh, yes. Or not. And we need to do this thing that's hard for you. Wait, what are you? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I believe this anymore. Maybe, maybe they're just maybe they're just wise men, but they're not prophets. You know, and all of us kind of start to do that gut check of, OK, do we really believe that they are right. inspired leaders? Right. And, um, and when we do have that wrestle, how are we going to respond? Yeah. Um, 
I, you know, President Nelson also said, and, and by the time, well, and actually, let me share one more quick experience. But um, by the time he said this, I loved the temple so very much because I had taken that first invitation. But he, uh, I can't remember exactly which talk, but he also said that if you don't yet love the temple, go more often, not less. Mm -hmm. And I think that often when counsel is difficult for us, our our instinct is to pull away or go in opposite direction when maybe what we need to do is study more or go more or try a little harder. Um, you know, in the New Testament, it says, if any man will do my will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of, whether I speak of myself, whether it be of God or I speak of myself. Um, and I think that a lot of times we want to know that something is true and then we'll live it. But I don't think that's usually how God works. I think usually he asks us to live it first and then we'll gain a testimony that it's true. Yeah. Um, during that first six months, when I first started going to the temple weekly, there was a time that I went to the temple and, and I don't know that I can even exactly articulate what happened, but I just remember sitting I think I was still in the endowment, but I, maybe I was in the celestial room, but I remember just sitting there and being filled with such incredible joy and peace. And the thought came to me at that time that if everyone could feel what I was feeling right in that moment, and I don't feel that every single time I go to the temple, but if everyone could feel what I was feeling in that moment, that it would be worth whatever sacrifice, whatever change, whatever was necessary to make it so that you could be in the temple. and. Um, you know, sometimes I think we all struggle with different things. And there, for some people, it, it probably is really a difficult sacrifice to live some of the commandments to be worthy to go to the temple. Um, but if you can keep going and have an experience like the one that I had, and I've had others, but I mean, some of my most sacred experiences in my life have happened in the temple, not all of them, but several of them. Yeah. And if everyone could feel what I felt in those few minutes, it really would be worth whatever sacrifice, whatever um, effort, whatever was needed to, to be there. Yeah, that's a powerful testimony. I appreciate you sharing it. And again, thank you for, for taking time out of the very beginning of your summer to, to share your testimony of the living prophets and their counsel with us. So I appreciate this. This is very touching. Well, you're very welcome. Thanks for the invitation. I've enjoyed having the opportunity to, to talk with you.